<laughs> Pot of gold. Yeah, I told your wife the story about how someone had asked me if I was okay one time. Like, they stopped me mid-sense, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why? What's going on? And they're like, you're just talking so slow. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't know. Am I? Like, I, I don't know. You seem like you talk at normal speed. Yeah. Do you think about your pace of speech while you're talking? I don't think about my my pace, but I was wondering if you knew, is there a voice filter, kind of like how I can put my phone up and take a selfie and it can kind of alter me in just little ways here and there to make me look more appealing. Is there something that you can do for voices? Yes, there definitely is. What do you ever, right now? I would think so with all the technology out there. Yeah. Do you ever soften your voice or... Um, no. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. It is the season finale of season one, Ramble by the River. How did this happen so fast? How did we get here, guys? How did we make it here? Just seems like just yesterday, I was out here in this dusty old crab shed, you know, pushing buoys around, trying to figure out a place to set up a microphone and a desk. And now look at us. Way to go, guys. Way to go, Ram fam. Feels pretty good. So it's Saturday, November 27th, 2021, and it's a couple days after Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I know it creates a lot of mixed emotions in people. It can be kind of stressful and taxing on, on your, I don't know, I wouldn't want to say your emotions, but it is that. It really is that. You're around people you don't always see. Things can get tense. You're talking about politics. You're talking about you know, just whatever, whatever comes up at the dinner table, but it just generally tends to bring out the most controversial topics. I, I'm not sure how that happened. So I hope you guys survived your Thanksgiving and that you didn't get into any major fights with your family or, you know, anything like that. I hope you guys had a good time. And if you're not American, I hope you just had a regular ass good day. So in preparation for this episode, I had to do a little bit of reflection. I had to look back at this last year and say, what the fuck was that? It was almost exactly one year ago that I got out here and started building this podcast. We eventually launched in January and it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a hell of a ride. I really didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I needed to create something, needed to make something fun, needed some fun in my life, really. And that's what this was. It's just a little bit of fun and I've really enjoyed it. Along the way, I started realizing that it wasn't all about me and it started reaching people. And I started hearing from people who were listening to the show. A lot of the comments I'm getting are just about connection, about how it's, it's nice to hear real talking by real people about stuff that really happens in real life. And we try really hard on this show to avoid polished, politically correct speech. There's nothing wrong with politically correct. Politically correct is great if it's the truth. But we're not about sugarcoating here. We're not, a, we're not about framing and twisting things to make it seem like we're better people than we really are. We're just real. This is who we really are. So that's been my intention at least. So I hope that that has come across in the final product. But who knows? I learned a few things this year. Some things that I probably deep down already knew, but it was good to have a challenge in front of me that was a, an effective teacher. The first one of those things is that I will always be busy, no matter what. I like to tell myself that as soon as I'm done with this next big push, 
I'll get a break. Things are gonna get easy. Things are gonna get easy. Me and my wife do this with each other when we're just like driving kids back and forth to practice, cleaning up dog shit in the house because we just got a new puppy and trying to get sleep even though there's a toddler in and out of our bed and a puppy trying to keep us from sleeping forever. It's just like endless. We're always like, oh God, just you know, a couple more weeks and it'll be easier for whatever reason. And it's not true. That's just complete bullshit. It will never get easier unless something terrible happens and I can't work anymore or I can't take care of what I'm doing right now, you know? My life is set up this way on purpose. It's not like these things just happen to me and I'm just like trying to endure these things in my life. I have a podcast and a full-time job and three children and two dogs and many, many hobbies because I want them. So I got to remember that when I'm prioritizing my time and divvying up my attention and seeing where it's all going to go because it's important where I put it. That kind of leads me into the number two lesson I learned. My motivation comes in many different forms. Some of them are immediate motivation that I'm looking for that instant gratification. Some of them are more long-term. And it doesn't take just one specific form of motivation to get you from point A to point B. You got to use whatever fuel you have. Sometimes it might be, oh, I just feel like I really need to do something creative. I need some creative expression in this moment right now. That's immediate gratification. And making a podcast will fill that void. So I'll do it for that reason. Other times, I might not feel that itch at all. So does that mean I just don't make a podcast that week? No, because I have listeners. I have a social agreement with these people to produce a product. They're coming back week after week. They're doing their part. I got to do my part. So even if I don't feel like that itch needs to be scratched, I'm still going to go through the process and I'm going to do it. And a lot of the time, just going through that process of doing the creative thing will create that creative spark in me. I might not have felt it at all before I started. And then suddenly as I'm going through the process, I start to feel the juice. I start to feel, you know, the heat. And before I know it, I'm deeply in, engaged in this creative project. Another motivation could be social. Maybe I'm not feeling that creative itch and I don't know what it's going to do in the long term or whatever, but I just can't stomach the thought of being a flake. Maybe I just really don't want people to think like, ah, Jeff, he started a podcast and he can't even keep posting every week. I knew he was a loser. I knew it all along. That thought will sometimes motivate me. I'm like, well, fuck those people. You know, I'll show them. I'll just keep on producing and never stop, never take a break. Obviously, that's not a sustainable solution. But what I mean with all this is that you can leverage all those different forms of motivation and get them all to coalesce into productivity and consistency. Because maybe your moods aren't going to be consistent, but your productivity still can be. It's just not always going to feel the same. Sometimes it's going to feel really easy, like it was just like bursting out of you and you needed to make it and it just needed to be in the world. And other times it's going to feel like pulling teeth just to get any kind of thought out of you or any kind of creative expression. It's just like, it's not a tap that you can just turn on and turn off. So on those times when the, the rivers were running a little dry, you got to find other ways to motivate it and get that flow going again. And it's, it's definitely possible. So that's something I kind of learned. Before the podcast, I hadn't been in a situation where I needed to consistently produce a creative product of any kind. Most of the work I had done before this podcast, I could do it whether I'm in a good mood or not, you know? I can do it whether my brain is on or off. And this podcast is just not something that's really easy to do when I'm in a shitty mood or when I'm just not feeling creative or when I'm really exhausted or something. The thoughts just don't flow out. It's just you open the tap and there's nothing there. And there have been times in my life where that would have derailed me and would have led me to quit. 
but this time I didn't. I really just pushed through and made them even on most of the weeks I didn't want to, and it's, it's been a great experience. It's really paid off. I don't even know which of those weeks they are. If I was to go back through all the different weeks of the podcast, I would not be able to tell you exactly which ones I didn't want to make and which ones I felt great about. Those memories don't stick around. The resistance in the first place is just very temporary fleeting, and once I beat it, it's gone. It'll always come back, but for now, it's gone. The third thing I learned is that my emotional states change constantly. Nothing is set in stone. Everything's temporary and we just move through it. I might think that a certain part of a podcast is really funny and then the next morning I think it's terrible. And I think, how could I ever, ever thought that was funny? You never know. I really notice now that it's public that my emotional state and the way I respond and react to different things is just very different all the time. I kind of knew that about myself anyway. I've always been a pretty emotional person, sensitive person, but it's really noticeable now because I can feel completely fine about a podcast and not be anxious about it at all, at all. And then post it and go to sleep. And the next morning I wake up just wrecked by anxiety. And I'm realizing as I go that that's part of the process. Once you're putting yourself out there and you're exposed, that exposure and that vulnerability is something you can really feel even when there's not all that much at risk. Like, I don't know what I'm actually afraid of. Nothing terrible is going to happen. I don't say horrible things. I'm not out there doing a hateful podcast. I'm all about love and connection. You know, I'm all about the good stuff, trying to focus on what makes us the same, not what, you know, divides us. So I don't know what it is, but it's just something about the creative process to me, something about the act of creating a thing and putting it out there and asking people to consume it. That's really what it is. I hate to make a fuss. You know, I hate to make a fuss I don't want to ask you to do something, anything, really. Yeah, really anything. I'm, I'm bad at asking people to do things, including listening to my podcast. I'm very bad at that part. I don't want to be a pain in your ass because I don't want you to be a pain in my ass. I like everybody to let everybody just do what everybody's going to do. But alas, I have a podcast and I do want you to hear it. So I got to ask you to listen to it every once in a while. Stop being a coward and just put myself out there. And it's worth it. Nothing good ever happened from people being little bitches, you know? If you've caught the last two episodes of the podcast, you will not be surprised to hear that my guest today is Alexandra Mack, also known as Alexandra Moses. Alex came in and did an episode last week, which I hope you've heard. If you haven't, go check it out. It's a very good one. And she brought her husband, my good buddy, my childhood friend, Alex Mack, the mister. I didn't kick him out. It turned out to be a really good podcast. And so I ended up with two great podcasts with the fun guests. So last week was uh, Alex and Alex both. And this one is just Mrs. Alexandra Mack. It's a completely different podcast other than we do double up on a couple important topics regarding something that's a threat to your life that you're definitely going to want to hear about if you care about silent killers at all, which I do. We talk a lot about our, our history of our friendship and do a ton of shout outs, a lot of people in this one. And it's, it's really fun. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And it's, it's a good time. If you want to contact Ramble by the River, you can reach us on social media at Ramble by the River on Instagram and Facebook and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter. If you want to reach out for guest suggestions or business inquiries, including if you want to send me some free shit and have me post pictures of it, I'm happy to do that for you if it's cool stuff. Hit me up in an email and that email can be found in the show notes for this episode. All of this information and much more can be found at RambleByTheRiver.com. I want to give a big thank you to everybody who has supported Ramble by the River this last year. You guys know who you are, and 
you know how much you mean to me, but I just want to tell you, it's a lot. This was a really scary process. It was really hard for me to do. And it's been really fun. It's been a process that has brought me a great deal of satisfaction and just peace. I feel like I'm, I know it sounds dumb, but I feel like I'm doing something I'm kind of meant to do. A lot of the time I feel a constant pressure like what I'm doing is wrong. Not morally, but like as if there's an agenda or a game plan of my life that I don't have access to. And I'm not quite following it. I don't know if that's a good way to describe anxiety or whatever it is I fucking have. I don't know. I just, I have a very constant feeling of something's off. Something's not right. You got to change it, fix it, make it better. And I've always had this feeling. I don't really remember ever not having it. It's, it's just my baseline feeling. That's just what I feel like. And I do a lot of things to try to make that feeling go away or to try to right the ship or get some of that like, okay, things are okay feeling. And it's hard, but there are certain things that do give it to me. And one of those things is really hard work. When I'm just like got my head down, I'm working hard on a job of, of whatever kind. It doesn't even matter as long as I feel like it has some kind of a meaning to it. Like the work I'm doing is going to bring some kind of a goal closer. Whether it's to me or to somebody else, it just needs to produce some value or, or it just needs to be embedded with meaning. And that will get me out of that mode. Exercise. That's one of those things that always makes me kind of get out of that mode. Meditation, that gets me out of the mode. Doing these things that are, are just not always fun, but they're also not horrible to do. Just like things that get you in the zone. They get you in that mode where, okay, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm moving in the right direction. And podcasting has become one of those things for me. When I'm feeling anxious and just my head's scrambled and I'm trying to like figure it out what it is I'm supposed to do, it's, it's almost like there's a conductor in my head who's you know, doesn't speak English. So he's trying to wave at me in sign language. And I could tell he's upset, you know, he's waving very aggressively at me, but I'm really not sure where he wants me to go or what he wants me to do. So I just try shit until the feeling goes away. And when I was younger, I tried a lot of shit that was not good. And the, those temporary solutions like drugs or bad relationships or any kind of these risky behaviors, not good. As I've aged, I've learned that those are not sustainable solutions and I have to find other things that are still going to give me that dopamine and keep me on the right track and hopefully bring me towards a better life. Trying to harness that feeling of like angst, the feeling of anxiety and like shit is not right. Fix it. Trying to get a hold of that feeling and then use it to push me into the next chapter of my life, which is hopefully a better one continuously. And podcasting has become a very reliable way for me to do that, to kind of harness that energy and, and push it in a direction that brings me some benefits. There's been a lot of people along the way who have supported me, made me feel like what I'm doing is not a waste of my time. It's not a waste of other people's time to hear the podcast. So I really appreciate it. I'm just trying to grow. I'm just trying to optimize. I'm trying to self-actualize. I'm trying to do all those fancy woo-woo words that everybody, you know, hates to hear because it makes them feel like they're not doing it themselves. But deep down, we all know we want those things. We want to be the best version of ourselves, even if it sounds silly and cliche. It's true. How could it not be true? So that's what I'm trying to do. And I just wanted to thank all of you for being along for the ride with me. It's been really great. And I really couldn't do it without you. Literally. If I just did this and you weren't here, it'd just be me. I just have, it'd be a, a journal, not a podcast. So thanks.
I really, really mean it. Ramble by the River is supported by the generous contributions of our listeners via a subscription model through patreon.com slash ramble by the river. Subscribers are entitled to exclusive episodes, bonus content, all kinds of things like that, plus a t-shirt if you're a royal rambler. And that's how we pay for the show. That's how we pay for web hosting and music and licensing and all that kind of stuff. It is paid for by you. So thank you so much if you're an existing Patreon subscriber and thank you in advance to any of our new subscribers. Shout out to Alexandra Mack, who happens to be the guest on the show today, but is also the newest member of the Ram Fam. She went and subscribed and she's a Royal Rambler now, so she'll be getting a t-shirt in the mail. Thank you, Alexandra. Oh yeah, and while I'm on the topic, rather than downloading the app and trying to search for me through there, go to patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver or go to ramblebytheriver.com and click the link to the Patreon. Either one of those will take you right to the landing page where you can sign up for the Patreon Ramble by the River, choose your subscription tier, and enter your information. That seems like a solution that has worked for everybody who's tried it, so that's the way to go. Thank you, Alex, for clearing that up for us. You can find all this information at ramblebytheriver.com which is continuously being updated, and you'll get the most recent episodes, links. If you want to just leave a regular donation without access to the Patreon, you could do that there. I don't know why anyone would do that. Don't do that. That's not worth it. Get the Patreon stuff. It's worth it. All right. Well, I, you know, I wanted to do an intro that I actually did a little bit of reflecting. I think I've covered that pretty well. Plus, you've, you've been around. You know. You've heard the show. You know what, what's what. So I think we'll just get to it. My guest today is Alexandra Mack, a.k.a. Alexandra Moses. In her day job, she is a clinically certified hemodialysis technician. And at night, on Thursdays especially, you can find her slinging drinks as a bartender at the Lost Rue in Long Beach, Washington. She's also a bartender for hire for private events. If you're interested, she's on Instagram at Future Miss Mack. If you caught the episode last week, you already know she's an interesting person. She's got great stories, great questions, and she's been a fan of Ramble by the River since day one. She's been one of the most important people as far as shaping the show because she provides me with regular feedback. I want to do a special thank you to my wife, Melissa Nesbitt. Thank you so much, Melissa. I was really, really scared to do this podcast, mostly because I didn't want you to think I was stupid or wasting my time or an embarrassment or anything like that. I don't want you to think any of those things. And you've been really supportive, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I also want to thank my parents, and for different reasons. Dad, thank you so much for making me a strong person. Thank you so much for really everything you've given me. You've prepared me for this world in ways that I would have not really ever been able to predict, but thank you for that. Thank you for protecting me from threats you didn't even know existed. And also thank you for letting me tell our stories and for not getting offended when they don't always make you sound great. I've had lots of internal struggles about how to handle that stuff, but I think in the end, truth is where it's at. Truth is going to lead to the best solution, the best outcome possible. So that's where I'm going, and I'm going to keep doing it. And thank you for always catching the show. This isn't always content that I think that you'd be interested in, so I love you, man. I love you, and I'm so glad that our relationship has been able to grow and change and evolve to what it is now. So thanks for being a good dad. And mom, I know that you, you don't always catch the shows. They're, they're very hard for you to listen to because I say so many damn swear words. I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that. The truth is, thank you for making me a person with some morals. 
I, I think something I really strive for on this show is, is to be a genuinely good person. And that means being honest. That means sometimes I'm, I'm shitty about stuff, but I, I don't do it on purpose. I try to avoid hurting people at any opportunity I can get. And I just try to honor my spark, you know, honor what's inside of me, how God made me, you know. Thank you so much for that, for helping me to see who that is and to not be afraid of being a good person. You made me a man who's not afraid of love. So thank you. Speaking of love, Ram fam, I love you guys. Thank you so much. This has been the best year of my life. I cannot wait for next season. It's already in the works and I can't wait to share it with you guys. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm going to make you wait. I'm not even going to tell you when it's going to happen, but it will be soon. I'm going to take the month of December off. So I won't be posting any new full episodes. There may be bonus content that comes out on the Patreon. We'll see. Most likely there will be. And yeah, come back in the new year. It's going to be a new show, season two. We're getting going. Let's get it. If you like the show today, please don't hesitate to leave me a five-star review. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're getting your podcasts and click that five-star button. It helps out a lot. Also, don't forget to subscribe. And if you really think somebody will like this show, share it with them. Go tell them about it. That's how things really get moving. Word of mouth. Without further ado, please welcome my guest today, straight from Starvation Alley, the silent killer, the lovely and talented Alexandra Mack. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. It could all be worse, I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. to make the man, but that poison's gonna kill you. Did you really? Yeah. You seemed pissed. I did? At times. I Honestly, I couldn't read you the whole time. I was like, <laughs> that whole thing stressed me the fuck out. And up until basically today, uh, because I I didn't know. I want people to feel comfortable. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I want them to like bring whatever kind of drugs they like. Yeah. People, if it happens to be a person. Yeah. So when you showed up with Alex, it's like, Hell yeah, come on in. One of my best friends. I'm not going to kick him out. Uh-huh. Um, I figured he was your support animal, mm-hmm. and, which I'm <laughs> sure to some extent he was. And then we got into it, and it became kind of a Alex and Alex episode. And after an hour of that, it's like, we're already in it. And he was good, though. I could tell he was trying to, like, not chime in every time, and he didn't get the headphones, and you know when i ask for a beer that's when i realize that alex isn't leaving uh-huh. and i'm like all right i i'm 
Might as well kick back. <laughs> Just gonna make, let it, let it be. Yeah. No, um, I had a great time. I give people mixed signals a lot, actually. I think that's really? part of my personality. So while I might have looked... Uh, I would say pissed, but pissed. I would go back and forth. Sometimes I was like, okay, I'm trying to facilitate, making sure you had him here for you <laughs> and all that. And then I'd be like, oh, maybe she actually just wanted me to kick him out because she's the guest and I'm the host and I'm supposed to do that kind of thing. Yeah, like, no, as much as he is a great support, I honestly thought he was going to drop me off mm-hmm. and go to either Jeff Hilton's or Jeff Kemmer's and uh, my dear Alex. Yeah. I mean, he's a pleasure to have around. <laughs> but I told him, you know, he, he had some regrets of things he said. And I, and I said, well, the only way you're going to get better is by going on the show again, right? You, you need to oh, have back. some more practice. He'll be back. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I was being honest about how I think you guys should really talk about aliens. I would like to do that. Speaking of things pronounced wrong, I do it all the time. And one of them during our episode was Scribner. I kept saying Scribner. Scribner. Hmm. Is that an app? No, Scribner was the Scribner shunt. Oh, the Scribner shunt. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. (laughs) I forgot about the Scribner shunt. I couldn't believe I said that wrong. Well, I could. I believe it. I could definitely believe it. But once I heard it again, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Should I keep talking? Are we recording? Yeah, you can recording? keep talking. We're recording. I'm just trying to figure out why this is coming in so quiet. Hmm. But, you know, it's probably good because the rain is starting to pick up. <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about it. It's all working. But Okay. Yeah. Susie Goldsmith just posted that we were on ABC or? ABC. What is that? Is that a network? The TV network? Yeah. Yeah. Still a thing? Who was we were on it? The Peninsula. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> like, how, in what way? <laughs> the big storm. Oh, yeah. That was a big storm. Apparently. I didn't really feel like it was, but... You guys lose any trees? We lost a little tree. And when I got to work, my coworkers had said that they didn't have power in Ocean Park. Oh, really? Yeah. Here, pull that thing up a little bit closer. I, I think they were out of Worst power for... For almost 24 hours. Wow. Yeah, my mom didn't have power for quite a while. No good. We were sort of prepared. We had some clean water in the refrigerator, and we have lots of candles scattered throughout the house. And You guys must have a generator out there, too. We have a generator. I couldn't picture you not having a generator Yeah. with your little homestead. <laughs> He's such a prepared guy. That's and good. a wood fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. We have that, too. Sorry, the mic is making me paranoid. It, nothing worse than finishing a podcast and then going to check the audio and be like, oh my God, it sounds like shit. No, make sure Terrible. it's good. I can't come back a third time. I know. <laughs> Unless this I, goes well. I could come back a third time. I'd be yeah. the luckiest. I hope you do. That would mean that this was a good podcast. Totally. Yeah, if you ever want to start a segment, ask Alex. Let I, me know. I love the idea of doing segments. I just haven't done it. I'm so unorganized. Everything is... Uh, Spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. A lot of it. Do you feel like season two will be more organized? That's the idea. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be a little bit more, just more streamlined, where I have like a, a, a workflow where I don't have to like learn as I go anymore. I'm, I'm kind of tired of doing that. It takes a lot of time. And I, I could probably make it happen. But do you we'll feel see. like you're going to push out as much content? Like the I would weekly like to stuff? Do more. Yeah. Oh, more. Yeah. Cool. I'd like it to be like better, <laughs> like worth more. 
And to do that, you have to find interesting topics and interesting people and get them to say interesting things. And that's so much harder than I thought. It's really hard to predict who's going to be the really fire guest and who's not. Like, I, I really wouldn't have expected some of the ones that did well to, to do so well. Like Shirazi, for example. That was a hard one for me to edit, but people really seem to like it. And he's, he's an interesting dude. I also think that you made us excited for that episode. You had put like a little blurb, mm. said, you know, look forward to this. And you put a little something, something in the episode before, maybe two episodes before. And that caught my attention. It was just kind of like a, like a movie trailer. Oh, good. Makes you excited for something. So that I looked forward to it, knowing what was coming. I don't know if you always want to do that, you know, kind of, I like surprises, but I also don't. It's nice to have a little teaser. (laughs) Yeah. So Annika Walters, I think the episode's great. It was really fun and she's really funny. Of course it was fun. She is made for talking and being in front of people. Like that's Mm -hmm. what she went to school for, right? Yeah. She's master's in uh, journalism. Journalism. She's a very accomplished person. Yes, she is. Her mother is our neighbor. I guess they are, you know, when she's over there. And I love Char and the whole her and Annika dynamic, mother and daughter, just so much love. Nice. Yeah. It's a good thing. It is. They're interesting people. And I'm just so glad they're our neighbors. Does your mom still live around here? My mom lives in Kelso. People are offering a lot of money for their home right now. It's not for sale, Mm -hmm. but people keep asking. Down here? In Kelso. Oh, in Kelso? Yeah. They they had a house down here, right? Oh, yeah. A while back. It's been a long time. (laughs) Yeah, on 207. Yeah, that's right. I was living in those beach cabins on 204th, and we smoked weed together that one time. (laughs) Yeah, and played guitar? Did we play guitar? Definitely. I don't play guitar, so if I did, that's, that's impressive. Might have been trying to impress me. I did not pick up a guitar and try to play something. Yes. No way. <laughs> oh, then it didn't work to impress you because I don't know how to play <laughs> the guitar. No, I nothing ever came of that. With uh, I think you just came over to be friendly and I yeah. was like, I'm learning to play the guitar. And you acted like you knew something. Hmm. <laughs> I like to pretend I know more than I do. Um, yeah, I remember not knowing if that was supposed to be a romantic encounter or not. And uh, Hey, mixed signals. Yeah. That's me. It was. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. But it didn't matter either way. My good friend was in love with you at the time. Doe. And then another one of my good friends ended up marrying you. So it was, yeah, it was probably for the best. But, yeah. <laughs> I have a charm over the boys of Owaco, 07, 08. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> the new girl. Oh, that new girl appeal is strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know it well. How many times did you move as a kid like to be the new kid in school? A lot. I was the new girl 10 times. That must have been hard. It was hard. It puts a toll on long-term friendships. I think that was discussed in one of your podcasts before, maybe mm-hmm. Kim Patton actually, about how he moved around a lot. And you miss out on those memories that a lot of you small towners have here in Owaco that is so precious going from pre-K to graduating with each other. That's yeah. um, priceless. I, d- I don't have those friends, and I wish I did, but I have different memories than you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, you have some friends who have been with you, like the girls in your wedding, the women in your wedding. Yes. Uh, I knew them from way back in the day through you. When did you meet them? Yeah, I hold on to the good ones. 
Those girls are from Longview, a few of my bridesmaids. A little bit of middle school, a little bit of high school there, and they're my girls. Sarah Oliva, Ashley Bjorn, Mandy Cluett, a.k.a. Mandy Morris. Um, Ashley's actually going to have her bachelorette party this weekend. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Ashley. This witch is getting hitched. We're having it on Halloween night. Really? Yeah. So she gets to sell. Oh, I heard the bachelor party. Bachelorette party. Bachelorette. No. That would be crazy. Yeah, but they're having it on November 13th, and they chose the 13th because it's a spooky number. Is it on Friday? No. It's still spooky. Yeah. It's still spooky. But someday it'll be on the 13th, their anniversary or something. That's true, every seven years. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. Are you going to go? Are you in the wedding? I am in the wedding. Mm-hmm. It's in... Hmm, Troutdale, I think. Oh, Troutdale. Yeah, that should be fun. And this weekend, we're all dressing up like goth people. and Or I guess we have gothic freedom, I should say. Hmm. So someone's a vampire, and I'm kind of a <laughs> punk. Uh-huh. And we're going to go to a cemetery and have a photo shoot. What if you accidentally wake the dead? Just trying to, you know, have a goof. It won't be by accident if we do. <laughs> that kind of stuff, even though I know it's all fun. Scares me. <laughs> yeah. Like legitimately, I'm I'm afraid I'll accidentally like awaken some kind of evil. And th- this is not even something <laughs> that I'm saying like, oh, you know, it's my brainwashing from when I was a kid. This is something I full on uh, support myself in believing. It's like, no, nah, I'm not fucking with that Ouija board. Get that out of my face. No, I won't touch one of those. <laughs> no way. It's asking for trouble. But seance, all that stuff. It's just like, nah, to, to, uh. Because it's, it's, what if it really worked and you're in, you're like accessing some, what if it is? Like you, you laugh, but you never know. We don't know what the fuck is going on here. No, but do you enjoy going to a cemetery? Does that give you any peace? Or I do like it, yeah. I like to look at the dates for some reason, mm-hmm. trying to find the oldest ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They're all dead. But yeah, I, I do enjoy it. Cemeteries are beautiful. I found one buried in the woods, like far in the woods. And it was really kind of spooky. Had a bunch of uh, Asian characters on all the headstones. It was weird. You go down this long road and then there's another long road. It's like out really far out in the middle of nowhere. And then there's just this little gate and it's like dark in there because it's completely canopy forest, deep woods. And um, there's like 15 or 20 gravestones just in a little circle out off of this road up in North County. So who knows what's going on? Yeah, I wonder what the story is behind that. I don't know. There must have been some very precious people. I have a feeling it was people who died. It's been a while now, but I think it was, they all had like 1918, 1919 death years. So I'm guessing it was like Spanish flu. Oof. Uh, Took a lot of people. Yeah. It's crazy that our pandemic now has killed more people than that one. We have a lot more people now. Yeah, that's true. It probably doesn't mean it's a worse disease. It's not a contest. Everything turns into a contest with COVID. <laughs> like, who's more dangerous? Like, who cares? But people are dying either way. Sad. Yeah, people are dying. And to tie that in with maybe another topic we, we could talk about a little bit is kidney disease. Yeah, we do it. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have said this in the last podcast. Something might need to be heard twice, though, because people aren't thinking about their kidneys. Something does need to be heard twice. But while I'm thinking about it, did you know that I signed up for Be The Match? No, that's great. Yeah. Good news. 
yeah, I want to say that before I forget. Mm-hmm. So, Mitch Bolden, episode 33. I believe so. I signed up. Way to go. I'm Well, I haven't got anything back, but I'm really excited too. And on that note, I also started following at Madeline's. Rural. Oh, Rethinking Rural. At Rethinking Rural. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to support it. I want to support it. (laughs) I like it. I don't know what their goals are. Like, and also I'm a little offended that I'm not in it. Yeah, Madeline, if there are any other ways we can support Rethinking Rural, let us know. You know, she's always talking about all the, you know, the youth of our community and how they're making change. No one ever invited me into the group. (laughs) Yeah, now she's a married woman. Yeah, she's a busy person. Yes. They're just killing it. I really liked her voice. Mm. Yeah. She was an easy listen. I actually really think that she would do great in podcasting. Like, I've Mm -hmm. thought about asking her to do a segment on my show about history, like where she just comes in every once in a while and just does like a 15-minute blurb about historical stuff from around here. I love that. I love her posts, the pictures with the historical information. I don't know how I got so old. Uh, Like, old people (laughs) care about that stuff. (laughs) And I love it. It fascinates me. I Look guess I'm like, getting old, too, because I really do. There's some old people stuff that's really cool. Our town is interesting. So interesting and rich. And this is going to sound bad, but I can't remember the last time I went into that museum. I mean, I know I've been in at some point, but I really got to go back. When I was younger, I didn't even realize it was, like, open to the public. I thought it was just, like, some old spooky building with a train. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, like, want you to go. yeah. A lot of places like that to me seem exclusive, like, and that's just probably bad marketing. Like, it doesn't seem like you should go in there, but if you do, you're like, you realize, oh shit, this is like set up for people to come in. It's a museum, of course. Why would I assume they don't want me here? Mm-hmm. That's probably all about me, not about the museum. Now that I think about it, um, but yeah, I love museums. It's like my favorite thing to do is wander around and stare at cool stuff. Wow. Yeah. Omsi, have you been with your kids? Actually, oh, yeah. I know you have because there's that weird Omsi story about you yeah. being a chaperone. Yeah, we got booted. <laughs> Kicked down on Omsi. I would have been a wreck. Oh, it was all right. They uh, they overreacted. One kid threatened uh, to blow up the place, and one other kid stabbed one other kid with plastic silverware. And there was like <laughs> one or two instances of theft, petty theft, minor theft. And just like that, we were out. Like, yeah, you were really cool about it. I would kind of flip because I'd be out of control, right? But I wasn't in charge. Yeah. I was the bottom rung adult. <laughs> you were just hanging like out really the bad kids. Between the kids and the adults, I was like the in-between. So I actually yeah. <clears throat> The fun aunt. Enjoyed it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Weird. That's the second time now that you've referenced the podcast that I listened to today that you did not hear. I talked about the fun aunt with Annika. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Premonition. And Madeline also. And Madeline. Ah, talked about her getting married. Fun. Yeah. Well, okay, let me talk to you about kidneys. Yeah, let's kidney out. So, as a few of you might know, I got my CCHT, which is the clinically certified hemodialysis technician, which means I work at a dialysis center cleaning kidneys. Kidney disease means that your kidneys aren't working properly, probably functioning Under 15% is when you're going to arrive at a dialysis center, which means you can have dialysis or you can have a transplant, but your kidney needs help. Is dialysis a replacement for transplant or is it just like a temporary? 
Well, it's it's a lifelong temporary solution. You have to go three days a week. Too much. I'll take the transplant. I would take the transplant too, but so many people aren't eligible. Another thing about transplants is we're an opt-in country versus an opt-out country. So we have to sign up to be an organ donor versus going out of our way to not be an organ donor. And I think in those opt-out countries, you have to have a specific reason as to why you're opting out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of countries, France, Spain, Belgium, a few of those, they have really high organ donors, like a high rate of that. Whereas the U.S. is not good. I don't even have to elect to do it. You have to like, mm -hmm. say, okay. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. Why the default couldn't just be, yeah, don't let those go to waste. And in America, we have so many people waiting for a transplant. I think the figure is 12 people die a day waiting for an organ. Yeah. Yeah, super sad. And the people on the transplant list, they're trying, man. They're keeping themselves tight. They're doing whatever they need to. As far as kidney disease goes, these people are keeping their, you know, their phosphorus levels in balance and their potassium levels in balance. And they're not drinking too much fluid during their cycles. And they're just doing everything they can to prove that they deserve this kidney. And I wish more people would give them an opportunity because once you're dead, why not help? Help a fellow American. Seriously. Yeah, kidney disease is recognized as a public health crisis, and it's affecting 15% of the population, about one in seven people, 18 and older. And it's the ninth leading cause of death in the U.S. Why don't we hear more about it? You barely ever hear about it. Right. I think because you're probably, if you have kidney disease, you're probably going to die of a different comorbidity, like heart disease. Is it because it just kills you slower or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does kill you slowly. It's called the silent killer. And that's because a lot of people don't recognize the symptoms or they just don't have any symptoms at all. You really have to go out of your way and ask your doctor for a kidney screening, which includes urine and blood samples. It's really easy, but it's something that you have to ask for. I go in and get my blood drawn and do like a full blood panel once a year. Are they checking my kidneys too? Or, or I imagine they would be, but do I have to ask for a special kidney test? Gosh, I don't, I don't know. I specifically went in and asked for my GFR. That's like your, okay, it goes with pronouncing words. But do you know what those stand for? Glomelular filtration rate. Okay. Something like that. Never heard of it. Yeah. But. So I just asked what my GFR was. It came back normal. I don't remember what my numbers were. She just kind of told me over the phone, but I'm sure I could get online and check that out. So yeah, someone could go to the doctor and ask them what their GFR is, and they're just going to take a little blood sample like normal. I just threw my results away, <laughs> like right before you got here. I. I'm going to dig them out of the garbage. Yeah, you'd probably look at like your urea and your creatinine yeah. levels. Those are two really good. I was in the normal range for everything, but I a lot of that stuff I didn't have a frame of reference for. Like, I don't know what they are. And you so, said okay. last time I talked to you that you drank like a gallon of water a day. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Good. Finally, somebody's giving me some credit. Yes. I've been doing it since I was a teenager. That is a feat. Some people drink, they're like, oh, yeah, I had a glass of water today. A glass of water? Oh, no. You should have You're dehydrated, and dehydration is so bad for your kidneys. Help your body out. Have some more water. It's bad for your mood, too. Yeah. Makes you feel shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it. But I saw a tweet the other day that I thought was really funny. 
Um, somebody said, just had my first glass of water in six years. I still hate it. I don't know how people drink this shit. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh no, I saw something about a mother, a mother meme that said I've refilled my kid's water bottle for the third time today and don't remember having a sip during my childhood. Mm-hmm. That one got me thinking too. I'm like, oh gosh, I remember a lot of Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is something we don't really drink anymore as a, <laughs> no. as a population. I just think of red dye. Yeah. It, it's so that's thin. a no-no yeah like the, uh, mixing it you the two heaping cups of sugar in that one small thing like it's it's not good for you and and then there was like that plastic bottle oh the yeah kool-aid man those were the cool ones where squeeze they had the it. twist top squeeze it squeeze it i love squeeze it <laughs> it's like super expensive for this like yes. sugar water in a plastic tube but mm-hmm. yeah everybody wanted them yeah agreed yeah, they had the little breakaway t- tabs on the top. Shout out Squeeze-Its. Absolutely. Let's see. Is there anything else I want to say about kidneys? Um, yeah, just in, in general, most people know, but a lot of people don't. For instance, a lot of people don't know about kidneys because they're replacing the word renal for the word kidney. So I think we should all be aware in America that renal refers to kidney. Yeah, why aren't people aware of that? I don't know, but everyone else is telling people. Yeah, I I read a small article once about how they're going to start changing it in America because we just can't get behind the word renal and how Americans just ah yeah oh confusing yeah yeah totally that that's so strange to me. So renal failure is kidney failure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E S R D end stage renal disease. Ugh, terrible. Yeah, and there's a lot of people affected by it in our community. Yeah, That's we have awful. an old population. And it's sad. People aren't doing their preventative care. We had someone five and a half hours away try to get into our center the other day because there's just no other options. There's no other chairs open for them. People are coming down with acute cases, which means it's not versus slowly. It's happened fastly. Mm-hmm. Fastly. Rapidly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I said this in the last one. I'm going to say it again. The world's first dialysis treatment center was the Seattle Artificial Kidney Center, established in 1962, later renamed the Northwest Kidney Center. I think that is such a cool Pacific Northwest fact. That is. Yeah. They have a museum up there that you can go see, Jeff. I will. Go check <laughs> out Kidney Museum. Yeah. Do they have artificial kidneys? That's what that's dialysis, dialysis is. is. Yeah. Full so circle. we're going to hook you up with a couple of needles, one that's taking blood out, and it's going to get circulated through a machine and a filter, which the filter is going to be your artificial kidney, right? And then it's going to go back into your body, and we're going to clean that the entire time you're there. And we're going to take out those toxins like phosphorus and magnesium and calcium. And we're also going to take off the excess water. So anything that goes in, stays in until we take it out so this cup of tea that we're having right now that's going to stay in my body until someone filters it out we only recommend about 32 ounces of liquid a day for people on dialysis mm-hmm. wow so it's the opposite it's like so opposite of what you think healthy living would be because they don't want you to have dairy too much phosphorus they don't want you to have nuts or whole grains too much potassium 
they don't want you to drink water because you're just going to retain water and that's what we're trying to get off of you. Wow, so you're not allowed to do any of the normal regular life stuff because it, it's just gonna accumulate in your body. Yeah, in extreme moderation. And this is for people in the outpatient setting in center. So people are coming to us and we're helping them. But there are other methods or modalities of dialysis. You can do peritoneal dialysis. It's a tube that goes in your stomach and you use natural forces to circulate everything out of your body and that you can do at home. You can also stick yourself at home if you learn there's a lot of options that you have, and there's a lot of people who have lived really fulfilled lives having kidney disease. It doesn't mean that your life is over, but... Different. Really different. Man, I don't want that. Yeah, you have to have a lot of self-control. And a lot of people who end up on dialysis don't. You know, some are really hard drug users, meth and heroin, for example, or popping those over-the-counter drugs, stay away from ibuprofen, guys. Yeah, I don't use that stuff unless I have to. Good. I've always shied away from it just because I, I remember in high school learning that it was bad for your stomach lining, mm -hmm. gives you leaky gut, mm -hmm. things like that. And I was like, oh, it doesn't really work that great. I'm not going to keep using it unless yeah, I really Some people just pop them like candy. It's strange. Yeah. I almost think it's because it doesn't really do that much. Mm -hmm. And people are just like, oh, it's inert. I'll just take it. It's like a salt pill, but it's it's not. Or maybe, yeah, you're building up that tolerance. Mm -hmm. I used to have those 800 milligram ones when I was like 17. <laughs> and I'd take them all the time. They prescribed me a whole bunch of pills when I was 17. <laughs> it was probably not a good idea. Probably not. Led me down a bad path. <laughs> totally. So something else about dialysis, kidneys, Seattle, they had this thing called the Life or Death Committee. And they also called that God's Committee. And there were seven people on this committee, and they got to choose who lived or died. So we're talking about bioethics. And I think that ties in with what's happening today with these hospitals that are being overfilled with patients. And who do you choose? The seven citizens include a lawyer, a banker, a minister, a housewife, a surgeon, a labor leader, and a state government official. That's I think that part's mix. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you have a really good mix of people. And I think there's a Life article somewhere back in the 1960s on this. It'd be fun to read. I never have, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds very intentional. Yeah, and they I would choose. This out. They would choose who who lives or dies by age, sex, marital status, children, independence, income, net worth, occupation, emotional stability, educational background, future potential, and references. Wow. Yeah. Cover the whole gamut. It does. I am so paranoid about dirty lenses just because I take a lot of pictures. I am so paranoid about getting kidney disease. I guess it's what you focus on. <laughs> I'm really scared of it now. But... With that being said, I'd be very prepared. Yeah, I really can't think of a better person. Yeah, if it, if it happens to anybody in your family, let me know. It just happened, actually. I think uh, I think Kim Patton also said something about this, about how he really looks at people and their skin and yeah. how he's actually saved a couple people's lives. He low-key told me to go get checked out I for mm -hmm. something on my eye. I was like, dude, it's a zit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been but there for you should get years. checked out, right? And and that's kind of how I feel about just this little 
blurb about kidney disease, whether the audience gets anything out of it. I don't know. But They're on the edge of their seats right now about this. <laughs> well, it's right so next to the room, our dialysis center. Uh-huh. And I work, I've worked at the room for over 11 years. And for nine of them, I didn't even think about what a dialysis center was. What's going on in that building? No. Yeah. No, didn't even cross my mind. I remember when they started putting in a foundation to build that building. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a new restaurant coming in. Finally, we're getting a five guys. It's, no, it's dialysis center. And I was like, oh, fuck. Never thought about the place again until you started working there. I was like, oh shit, that place. Yeah, that's right. There's a dialysis place here. It means a lot to a lot of people. There wasn't one in Astoria until recently. There's a Fresenius over there. And believe it or not, people had to go all the way to Longview. Man, that sucks. Three days a week. Yeah. That's your life. Like, yeah. that's what you do. Your life is commuting. So it is really cool that we have that option here in such a small community. A lot of time we don't have anything. Like, you have to go to the city for good shopping. or It's, it's getting better, though. Like, the fact that there's a Walmart within an hour now. Mm-hmm. Growing up here, you had Fred Meyer. <laughs> I mean, I lived in Ocean Park, so an hour away from my house. And other than that, it's just like the local grocery store where everything's twice as expensive as it should be. And it's just like, man, but it's a little bit better now. Also, I have a car now, so I don't care as much. And I like driving. Yeah. But people go from like South Bend, Raymond, all the way to Warrington for shopping. I see people that I know from work that are like out in Menlo and I'll see them at Costco. You drove two hours to get diapers in bulk? Yes. Yeah, we did. People will drive a long way to go to Costco. Yeah. I learned that at a young age. I've seen you at Costco many times. You are a Costco fan. <laughs> and I'm fan. still mad. I am a Costco fan, and I'm not okay with them getting rid of the Polish dog. They got, wait, what? Yeah, they got rid of the Polish dog a couple years ago, Jeff. I haven't been eating a lot of hot dogs. They were supposed to replace it with a hamburger, I believe, and oh. at some Costco's they have. But, yeah, we're just stuck with a regular old beef. See, I, I never even have had one of those. I used to get the Polish dog every time. Yeah. I don't even know what I would do if I got there and they didn't have it. Ugh. I'd throw it back in his face. I miss my Polish burps. Yeah, they're great. Oh, <laughs> man, those little sauerkraut cups they would give you. Nothing better. You get to cherish it for a whole week. Buck 50. It'll stay with you. You smell it. It's in your <laughs> hair. It's in your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the deli mustard or regular? Or none? Regular. Mm. I like a spicy mustard. I'm different now, though. Than me. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm, for sure. But as I've grown up, I just, I enjoy so much. There's really not a single food out there that I don't like. Oh, let's talk about weird food. Sea urchin. Have you had it, Uni? Uh, I've never had it, but I really want to try it. It tasted like pee-pee poo-poo. Well, that's the part that you're eating, so I that makes sense. Isn't that like the, the genitals or digestive tract or something of the sea urchin? Mm, I don't know. It doesn't look good, but I do want to eat it because fancy people tell me it's good. I would try it again, but the first time I wasn't prepared, and it was a very nice platter. It was a chef's platter. It didn't even have a price tag next to it. Oh, so you know it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It had live shrimpies on the plate, and they're all um, because afterwards they fry them for you and put them on some day. Di- they want to let you get to know them first. It was really <laughs> just a cool That's a weird thing to do. We sat on the ground. You know, it was authentic. It sounds really nice. Where is this at? Somewhere in Portland. Mm. I couldn't tell you the name, but 
It, it was my first time experiencing sea urchin. It wasn't a good one. I did swallow and didn't throw up. Good job. Yeah. Now, throwing up in restaurants is a big no-no. It was out of respect. Yeah. That's pretty impressive that you can hold in vomit out of respect. You're a very <laughs> respectful person. I don't think I could do it. I have my moments. Yeah. So my last kidney thing. We're almost done. Um, I just wanted to mention a couple of celebrities and athletes with kidney disease. This includes Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon? Not Nick Cannon. Yeah, with lupus. Oh, man. And lupus is an inflammatory disease caused when the immune system attacks its own tissues, causing damage to organs. That sounds rough. Yeah. One Sorry type to hear that, Nick Specifically the kidneys. Sorry, Nick Cannon. How about Griswold Chapman from 30 Rock? Do you know him? Mm-mm. Me neither, but I oh, hear wait, that's a good show. Rock is a good show. I know the show. Yeah. Hypertension. How about Selena Gomez? You know her? I do know who that is. Me too. She got a kidney transplant, but she had lupus as well. George Lopez. George Lopez a, is a good comedian. Hereditary disease, I suppose. And Barry White, the Golden Platinum album soul singer. He's alive? No. Oh. He's dead. Kidney failure? Hypertension, which caused kidney failure while he's Son waiting for a transplant. I thought you were going to say a train. <laughs> That would have been worse. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of just ends my my kidney story. But I, I think it's worth putting out there since it is the silent killer and people should go get checked out and be kind to their kidneys. They should. You hear that, people? Go take care of yourself. <laughs> God's sake. Also, there's a lot of silent killers out there. They pretty much say that about any disease that doesn't make a loud noise. Yeah. I've, I've heard it about cancer renal disease, kidney disease, renal failure. I've heard it about uh, a stinky, real stinky farts that you can't hear. Um, <laughs> I've heard it about so many things, but poverty, you know, the silent killer. Mm. Depression, silent mm. killer. Deep. I know, I'm a really deep guy. I do like when you talk about depression on your episodes, Jeff. My least favorite topic on the show, but I talk about it all the time because it's affecting almost everybody. Like everybody gets depressed. I mean, not really but everybody says they do. <laughs> Real depression is a lot less glamorous than like attention grabbing depression. I've had both. And uh, the kind where you just want people's attention, really you're, you're really lonely and that's making you depressed. And then as soon as you get that attention, it goes away. That's not real depression. Sometimes it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It's just like a wet blanket. Mm. You just have to wear as your clothes. You're just like, this isn't even clothes, it's a blanket. This doesn't feel right. Yeah, being in that funk. Yeah. You get depressed? I think I have some mental health issues. I get lazy. I think I'm more lazy when I'm depressed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do. Yeah. I, and I don't like being hard. lazy, and then it turns into guilt, and then shame because you didn't accomplish anything that day. Yeah. But I'm pretty good at turning that into, that was called self-care. I didn't do anything all day on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned that trick recently and it actually works. Yeah. It didn't used to be an option. People didn't really even talk about that. She's like, oh, you just like sat around all week? Mm-hmm. Um, for my mental health. For my mental health because I deserve it. And also I couldn't get out of bed. I ignored the laundry because it made me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know what is actually good and what's just self-indulgent, mm -hmm. but I, I do think there is definitely some value in just doing nothing 
like I try to do that. I plan it. I'll like, when I'm feeling myself overwhelmed, I'll be like, all right, as soon as you finish this big run of work or whatever, whatever the thing happens to be, then you'll have a couple weeks where you can just do nothing and turn off your computer. Don't work. Don't check emails. Don't do anything. And it's going to be great. You're going to feel so good. I'm telling myself this. And, um, I don't do it ever. I really never do it. I can't see you doing that. It's really hard. I like doing shit. It's like my favorite thing to do. It really ups it upsets Alex that I can go somewhere without my phone. Oh, really? I don't know if I should say upset. It He marvels at it. <laughs> I suppose. He's yeah. just like, Well, did you did you bring your phone? We'll get in the car and I'm like, Um No, actually, let me go get my phone. You should go get your phone. He wants me to have it. It's, yeah. <laughs> he probably doesn't want me to ask to use his phone in case, you know, the something arises. Do you guys look at each other's phones? Yeah, here and there. He'll let me into his phone if I need it to, yeah. Do you do it um, in an investigatory way? Uh-uh. Are you that, are you that wife? <laughs> nope. Will you ever be? I don't think so. Not, in, not unless I had reason. It's a relationship killer. <laughs> yeah, and if I have reason, there's other red flags happening before I need to check the phone. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, the phone boundary is actually really important to me. In my first marriage, it wasn't there, and it was just like constant stress, like, because it wouldn't have to be, we didn't have a Did good relationship. Did she not want you looking at porn? Well, she didn't want me interacting professionally with female women. Mm. Like, hey, we're working on this project together. Do you think you could send me these files? Who is this bitch? Like that kind of thing. It's like, oh, well, this bitch is a 57-year-old professional. and With a gorgeous fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, irrelevant. Sorry, honey. But now in my marriage, uh, we don't really snoop on each other. Like, I don't care who she's talking to because I trust her and it's not an issue. And it's so much better. I I, I don't like the jealousy thing is a huge turnoff for me. It's I hate it. Really, really bothers me. I agree. I do think that there is a slight bit of healthy jealousy. You know, I yeah. every once in a while when Kind of feels good when Alex is flattering someone for too long. I'll be like, ooh, that's jealousy. Oh, you feel it? Just I, a, I was, was going to ask that. Not enough to act on it. Yeah. But I, yeah, no, I was going to ask that because Alex is like notorious for his flattery. Mm -hmm. He's very good at it mm -hmm. and makes people feel good everywhere he goes. But I could, some girls, women, I don't know why I keep doing that. Some women <laughs> would not like that. He lays it on pretty thick. Mm-hmm. In my past relationships, I feel like that is someone I go to. I feel like I go to big personalities. I feel like I go to charmers. I think I go to people who make you feel good. And mm -hmm. you can't hate someone for the same reason you love them. Before we were in a relationship, I loved how he made me feel. He made me feel like I was part of the conversation when I was just a friend. He made me feel welcome and comfortable and I just can't take that away from everyone else who he's going to meet because some girls need that some girls need a men Alex need Mack men need Alex and Mack too boys yeah men need it too they need a little Alex Mack who's gonna tell you how good you look that day or how much he missed you it's yeah it's, it's really special yeah that's such a mature outlook to have because you're right. It, it really does bless people. 
Like mm -hmm. you leave feeling better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Even when you know it's bullshit, it still makes me feel better. You like nice things. Danae came over and Alex comes out and he goes, Danae, I was just thinking of you. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I saw this really cute cat. <laughs> and to me, that was just such an adorable compliment. Like that he saw so this really cute cat and he thought of my best friend and he felt like he needed to tell her that. And, you know, Danae just looked over at me and she was like, I just, I forgot how much I love Alex. Mm -hmm. Did the cat look like Danae or did she like cats? <laughs> I think it was a lookalike. I think it was okay. like a white cat with big blue eyes, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the summer. Yeah, Danae has that gorgeous blonde platinum hair and those big blue eyes and yeah you could see how you get confused sure yeah i can see that or, or link the two yeah yeah confusion eh, maybe not it is a cat but shout out to nay supernowski one of my best friends shout out to nay she's doing real good 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 i like Danae. i've always liked Danae. me too i like all the supernowskis they are yeah they're great strangely beautiful yeah very good looking Brittany might be one of the most beautiful people i've seen in real life uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to her, but I don't think I would want to. Too pretty. Intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah, she's. I think she's friends with my wife. So maybe I actually have talked to her, met her. You know who else I think is striking? Aaron Hawk? Are we going to call her that now? C.J. Hawkins' wife? Oh, yeah. Aaron McDonald. Aaron McDonald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying she to is do beautiful. Right? Woof. She is so pretty. Their whole family, too. Inside and out. Yeah. They've got a, yeah, they've whole got a, family. They just bred gorgeous people. Yeah, and they made like a lot, like ten of them. Just um, enough. Just enough. If anything, they should make a few more. Uh, the, have you seen CJ and Aaron's baby? Mm-hmm. They were at my wedding. That's right. That's where I saw the baby. Mm -hmm. I figured you were busy. <laughs> no, I saw it. Cute kid. L little babe. Yeah, and the other one's really cute too. Mm -hmm. Gabe. I'm so horrible with names. I think we talked about this the other day, actually. I'm so bad with names that I'll give myself anxiety about it. it even if I know the person's name, but our relationship's not that close, uh -huh. I will not use the name until I hear other people use it a few times, just in case I got it wrong. Or even just a little wrong. You call somebody Kelsey instead of Chelsea or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, hate that. Because mm -hmm. it derails your whole conversation. I just won't even use the name. Then we don't have to worry about it. Or a couple walks in and you remember one name or not the other and you're like, hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, you probably have to deal with that a lot more. <laughs> I do. I do deal with that at the restaurant a lot. I'm bad with names. There's a lot of you and one of me. And people are bad with names, too. You know, I get it all the time where they go, hey, are you new? And it'll be a local. And I'll be mm -hmm. like, no, I've worked here for 11 years. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, that's pretty unobservant. Maybe they just don't sit in your section. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So is that why you just married someone with your same name? <laughs> so you don't have to worry about remembering it? <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know how that happened, but I'll tell you what. If you want to keep someone in the friend zone, just look for someone with the same name as you because you can't fathom being in a relationship. That's terrible advice. <laughs> you married him. <laughs> I, I did, but I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. You guys were friends for a long time before you got together. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've mentioned before, but the first time I saw Alex was at a football game, an mm -hmm. IHS football game. He sat behind me, and I was like, who's that guy with those gorgeous lips? <laughs> Ooh, and that accent. What accent? Well, he was 
paraphrasing something his father or uncle said. Oh, I thought like he was doing a an accent to be funny or something. Exactly. Oh, he was. Yeah, the German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his yeah. impression of his dad is pretty good. It is. Also, especially now that he looks like him. I've seen into the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not bad. No, it's a really nice hug and a kiss on the cheek. He's a warm man. Yeah, Alex very jolly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you just doing your mouth. I remember him forbidding them to have a microwave when we were kids. <laughs> uh-huh. and that was a major deal. Alex would come to my trailer, um, <laughs> which was like through the woods from his three-story home, and <laughs> talk about how lucky I was because I could eat Hot Pockets. Yeah, I've heard about Hot <laughs> Pockets. Like perspective. It's like, well, you've got a few things that I wish I had too. Yeah, things change though. Just he's got a microwave now, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got a nice microwave. It's used, you know, like everything else we have. Did you get it for free? I think so. Yeah. He's got a skill at finding barely used stuff and getting it for free. I say Max don't deal, they steal. I don't know if that's a great slogan for their business, <laughs> but but it just seems like everything they get is too good. But Alex puts in the time for these things. He's on Craigslist. He's on, uh, I don't know, he has so many of these apps that he's going through. And then one day, after months of checking, every single day, he'll find this one thing he needed for way less than it should be. Yeah, that's uh, that's a real skill. I Motorcycle parts, just anything. He yeah. just got a new boat. Did you see cool. his boat? No. What kind of boat? Don't ask me that. Well, I mean, what does it do? <laughs> I think it's a fishing boat. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> does it have a cab on it? Uh, the part where you stand in and it covers you from the rain? It doesn't cover you from the rain, no. Okay. So it's an open boat. Mm-hmm. Does it have a steering wheel? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. Built, built-in steering yep, wheel. Yep. And there's a chair down here where you steer, and then there's a chair up here. But he's going to take that one down, I suppose. Yeah. Cool. Flat bottom? Sure. What are you guys going to do with the boat? Is it for your pond, your lake? No, no, no. It's, it's too big. I think that's water. for going out on the bay. Cool. Alex was the first person to take me out on the bay in a boat. Mm-hmm. In a Zodiac. When we were young. We went and looped around Baby Island and then went back. And, yeah, it was really fun. He's the first person to do that. First person I ever drank alcohol with. First person I ever smoked pot with. I bet that was so much fun. Alex is so much fun. He's my favorite person. Yeah, you're lucky. You get to hang out with him all the time. I am. He's a blast. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to relax. That's something that most people don't get because he's always doing the work. Oh, because he's the most productive person I know. Yeah, but once he's done with all that shit, you just get to kick back and relax. He's a whole another guy. Mm -hmm. And he's he's great that way, too. He's really all around. You picked a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a fun guy to be around. We will never run out of things to talk about. It doesn't matter if we end up living to 100. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting there peeing my pants laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Do you guys think you'll have kids? Good question. It, we might. We might. Not now. Mm-hmm. But we're not against it by any means. you have any reservations? No, but guess what? Instagram is showing me fertility ads. Oh. I guess it's time to get checked. Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, maybe it's time. I was going to ask you. So I've done my Ancestry.com. Do you advise doing the 23 and Me instead? That's the one I've done, and I haven't done Ancestry.com. So okay. I, I don't really know. But um, we got, or 
I don't know what actually happened to that. We have an ancestry kit that we got for Alyssa's dad and he didn't ever use it. So we got it back. I think she gave it to Sawyer maybe. I don't know, but um, I don't know. How is it? How's the ancestry set up? It was by percentages. It just, it was a pretty vague overview. 33% this, 30% that. And it was many years ago, Lainey Carey, shout out Lainey Carey, got me that kit for my birthday or Christmas or something. Really cool gift. It is a cool gift. Yeah, she she did that because I don't know who my biological dad is. Uh -huh. And not that I'm looking to figure that out, but it was cool to break it down. But now you know who he is genetically. Maybe. Maybe. What do you mean? Like, am I going to find him genetically? No, I mean, now you know what he was, like, ethnically and all that, but... I would have to compare it to my mom's, right? I don't know. Huh. Does it... Does it didn't... It, no, it did not give me a breakdown that. of my mom and my dad. I think 23andMe does. See, that's what I'm wondering, if I can get something that would be a little bit more... 23andMe is constantly upgrading what they offer. Yeah, I'm so, going to try that. Yeah, it's it's probably worth it. They do, like... This was years ago before 23andMe was a thing. Oh, yeah. So I think Ancestry was the only one that... Yeah, I remember when that was, like, the main one. When they started, I think they didn't even do samples. They just, like, got your information and looked you oh. up. Like, looked up your ancestry. Yeah. My, my grandma was really into that before it was a genetics thing. And then they then 23andMe came out, and then Ancestry.com started doing genetics also. Mm -hmm. I think. That's, I don't know, just based off what I remember. And 23andMe is a swab? There, yeah, or are you spit in a... Fact, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's cool. So, like, when I first did it, it gave me quite a bit of data about my history. But as, over the years since then, they've added more and more stuff. So, like, every once in a while, I get a new report about my history. And something I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even asking for when I bought the thing. But it's cool. They up it all the time. And then, like, once a year, they do a 50% off sale. Yeah, yeah. Black so, Friday? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Right around time for Christmas. Did you do a garden this year? <laughs> yeah, I did a pretty rough garden this year. But I do like garden. You did it the year before last, right, that you got real into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had some really nice gardens in the past. I started getting into gardening. Well, I feel like I've been in, into gardening my whole life. My mom's always been into it we moved a lot right mm -hmm. and that was the first thing she would do she would paint the house yellow and make a garden i kid you not i can't stand yellow houses they <laughs> remind me of the good but all the bad yeah. in childhood and i just anyways gardening i do i really like it i got into horticulture a little bit there i need i think like 63 64 credits at an oregon state school to finish like a horticulture or environmental science or i think i have like the undergraduates for pretty much all of those science degrees over at an oregon state school for the aaot but i just my mind's like ding 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 and yeah. what i'm passionate about then is not what i'm passionate about now kidneys Gosh, I'm not passionate about kidneys, but I really want everyone to be more knowledgeable about them. I will beg to differ. You are passionate about kidneys. Oh, thanks. I see the passion. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Dialysis, it is cool. It affects so many people, like 37 million Americans, and 90% of them don't know they're walking around with kidney disease right now. That's scary. 90%. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. There are preventative things that you can do. You know, you can quit smoking. You can drink more water. You can change your diet to a heart something that's heart healthy there's 
there's lots of things that you can do to try to stall it. It's just once you get to the end, there's really nothing you can do. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So preventative is the better choice. Absolutely. And and everything preventative is just that generic healthcare stuff. Yeah. Manage your blood sugar and manage your cholesterol. So you cook a lot. So forth. I love cooking. Yeah. I bet I would guess you'd be a good cook. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing to make? My favorite thing to make is my instant pot carnitas. Oh, man, I love carnitas. Yeah, pork shoulder. So I'll take some of that. I'll dice it up. I'll put it in our cast iron and just give it a quick sear. And then I put it in my instant pot, and that's going to have a broth of, let's see, a little bit of cinnamon, some fresh orange, some cilantro, some onion, some... The citrus Chicken really what sets it off. Yeah. Like citrus with the Some bay leaf. Yeah. Um, sometimes I've like put like pineapple juice in there to make it like an enzyme that breaks down meat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, put that in for like 36 minutes or so, come out, and then I'll put it back into the cast iron, crisp it up, and then serve it with tortilla and then like a sweet and spicy slaw. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and spicy sour cream and salsa verde with fresh cilantro and white onion. Oh, my gosh. We we pretty much make that exact same thing. That's my go-to meal. That's so good. And it's, <laughs> it's not super complicated, but everybody's not making it. Like So it's it's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, we've turned Alex's brother, Hannes, onto it and his wife, Louisa. And I don't think she's much for a spicy girl, but she really enjoyed the tacos when she came over, and that made me happy. Nice. Yeah, yeah I make this salsa. I'm going to share the recipe right now. But it's I make it out of tomatillos. So it's green salsa, and I do like 10 average size, like tennis ball size tomatillos, and then a whole red onion, sweet red onion, and three serrano peppers, uh, a whole bulb of garlic, like all the cloves busted up open and just left in the wrapper so that when they cook, they don't get all scorched. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put all that stuff into a big bowl, cover it with olive oil and salt and pepper, and toss it all around and then lay it out on a cookie sheet and put it under the broiler for like five minutes until it all gets charred just a little bit. Start smelling really, really good oh about this time. <laughs> and uh, cause you got garlic in there, yeah. onions and all the peppers and it's all covered in olive oil. So it's all getting nice Can and you crispy. imagine if you lost your smell? Yeah, that'd be terrible. Oh man. What if it like, cause that happens for COVID. What if it just yeah. never comes back? I also have a friend a friend here in the community. She was in a bad uh, quad accident, and that's the—she never got that back. Really? She never got that sense Damn. to this day. It's been years. Did you know dogs—not only—I know everyone knows dogs have great sense of smell. They have, like, a whole other little extra brain in the front of their face that's just designated for smell, the olfactory cortex. For better or for worse. It's crazy. But, it, it, like, you look at a dog inside of their head, it looks very different than a human. But a large portion of that is just for smelling. Mm. Dogs basically see through time. It's like a time machine vision. Because, like, think about if you left footprints <laughs> everywhere you go. Think about snow, a brand new oh, snowy day. I see. Um, everybody leaves footprints, and you can kind of see, like, that person's not there right now, but they left the track. So you, you could see through time a little bit. Dogs can do that all the time. They, like... They can go to a busy town square and figure out who's been there. Just like, it's crazy. Hundreds of people. They can distinguish between hundreds of people's scents and figure out one specific scent. It's pretty amazing. 
It is amazing. Yeah, we got we got sidetracked. Where was I before dogs? You were talking about tomatillos and garlic and all. Oh my this god! Stuff. I almost forgot to tell you how to finish the salsa. <laughs> you throw all that shit in a food processor and blend it up. Ooh. Then it's salsa. Just in case any of you are actually going to try to make this delicious salsa verde, you should know there are a couple other ingredients. So after you pull that stuff out of the oven and go to dump it in the food processor, you want to also combine it with one medium-sized ripe avocado, a good healthy handful of cilantro, usually like one bunch, at least the, the leafy parts of it chopped up, and some chicken broth. Use the chicken broth as the liquid to kind of thin it out to whatever level you like. If you want it chunkier, use less. And then finally, the finishing ingredient is the juice of one lime. That really seals the deal. So I hope you enjoy. Do you eat it right away or do you let it marinate for 24 hours? Both. A couple hours. Both. So right away, it's pretty good, but much, much better 24 hours later. I agree. When I make my pico de gallo, it's much, much better. Yeah. Next day. And then one time I forgot it was in the fridge and I just left it there for like two months. No. And I pulled it out and it was like, smelled pretty good. And I was like, I don't know. This was fresh food and it's looking, it's a different color now, but it's a little fizzy. So I don't know, (laughs) but I'm going to try it. And I ate it and it was delicious. Best ever. It was actually fizzy. It tasted like Mexican kimchi, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. I like fermented foods. Oh yeah, me too. A lot. So it was it was good. And I did it on accident. So I've been tempted to try it on purpose, like make a batch and age it and let it ferment. And then, you know. Eat. Are you weird about a little mold on your food? Well, what would you consider weird? Eating the mold or not eating the mold? <clears throat> okay, picking the mold off maybe. Like at a little bit on the side, the corner of your bread. You just pick uh, it off. Yeah, I'll eat that. A little bit on your cheese, just pick it off. Yeah, sure. Me too. Cheese, bread, sure. Um, vegetables are... are yeah, pretty much vegetables too. Some of them change the flavor of the whole fruit though. Like strawberries. If you get a strawberry that has a, a moldy spot mm-hmm. on it and you cut that moldy spot off, the rest of the strawberry still tastes like mold. Mm. Um, but a piece of bread, nah. Plus, they're like that the fruiting body of the mold is not the whole mold. There's still like I would guess actually I don't know if that's true. Cause mold is not a mushroom. But I don't know. I would think there's some kind of a mycelial network that like the organism is producing inside the food and then the fruiting body is like mushrooms. Like the fruiting body is just what pops out. Um, So you're probably still eating mold, but we like mold. Blue cheese is delicious. Alex is not a big fan of me giving him some moldy bread. Well, you don't pick the mold (laughs) off. No, I have. Oh my God. I'm just, I grew up so poor. I'm like, what? We're going to throw this bread away because you know, a little, a little slice. Yeah, mad. Look at that blue piece. My hot dog buns, <laughs> my French toast, it's my everything. Yeah. You know how sometimes you'll see there's moldy bread in your cabinet and instead of just throwing it away right then, you just leave it there and go on with your life? Mm, maybe. I had a bag of bagels in my cabinet one time. <laughs> And bagels are like kind of a moist food. They go back quick. Damn, they do. <laughs> and these were everything bagels. And My so, favorite. Yeah, so they had lots of different shit on them. Lots of stuff <laughs> that can go bad. And my ex-wife and her friend showed up to my house and it was late. I could hear them in the kitchen and just like, ugh, annoyed. And I walked out there and her friend was eating something in the dark. I don't know if they were drunk, but... Based on the story, it seems like they probably were. And 
They got the munchies, yeah. one way or another. Yeah. I never really paid attention to what she was eating, and I just heard her commenting on it because I, I wasn't really paying attention to her at all anyway. And she's like, what is this on this bagel? And I was like, they're everything bagels. It's everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so she's like, are you sure? And I was you like, yeah. You are frustrated. Yeah, I was irritated. And I was, it, honestly, I wasn't trying to be malicious or anything, yeah. but I did it. I knew they were moldy ahead of time. I did not serve it to her. But she ate three quarters of that thing and then set it down on the counter. And <laughs> in the morning, I came out and looked and saw that, that it was just completely covered in mold. And it was just like crumbling mold, mold all over the outside of it, fully covered. And she ate that, the whole thing. Did you throw it away before she saw it? Uh, she's already gone. It was just a, a memory just for me. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Especially now that you guys are divorced. I mean, yeah. Yeah, take that one with you. Yeah. I have zero hard feelings whatsoever about my marriage. It's like sometimes when I talk about it, it's it's difficult because I'm like, I don't want it to come off like I'm bitter. I'm really not. I, yeah. I hope all No, the best time is her. a wonderful thing. You can make yeah. fun of yourself and yeah. your ex. You put in the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ignoring your true feelings. Yeah. I don't know. It's complicated. I feel like you guys came to the Rue afterwards or something or. Yeah, you you pointed out how miserable we looked one time <laughs> and you said, oh, you guys look like you're having a blast. Um, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah, you made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> a lot of people at the Rue make me feel uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. If you guys are not having a good day, a good relationship day, maybe someone can answer this. Why are you going out? trying to fix it <laughs> okay like oh maybe but yeah no you're right though and you get to the restaurant you're just like i guess we'll just stare at each other or our phones and i go over and i'm trying to like be upbeat and i just walked in on something that i didn't want to be a part of yeah yeah and he's like i'm ready and she's just like awkward <laughs> it's like okay she's not ready i am gonna take a circle i'll be back soon yeah you're like the referee you gotta take a lot of shit yeah 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 you have to be a lot of people are more people good at restaurants or are more people shitty customers i would say there's more good than there are bad that's what i would hope for i've never worked in a restaurant before other than selling mushrooms and that's not really working in a restaurant you know i i've worked at the roof for 11 years on and off right and i would say i love it more now than ever i'm working there just one day a week on thursdays for prime rib shout out lost roo prime rib 4 p.m and after until we run out and I just, I love the walking in and walking out and having an entire week to forget how horrible people are yeah. and coming in with a fresh face. And I just smile and I'm a bee and I just really enjoy being a part of the community and seeing people that I haven't seen. And, and it's a nice change from the dialysis center where I'm around people who are dying, who are frustrated, who kind of use you as a punching bag sometimes how do you handle that how do i handle that well i think alex gets a lot of the brunt you know i come home and i can just uh, talk about my feelings for a long time like you know i just really felt undervalued today you would think that this person's dying and and they would not talk to me in such a rude way or so anyways yeah i, I talk a lot of it out with alex and and the Thursdays, 
Thursdays at the Rue. Yeah, I like to go there and I like to see you all smiling. I have a lot of good memories there. I see people's children go from babies to middle school <laughs> kids now and stuff yeah. like that. I think I was there n the night that you and Melissa met. You probably were. Yeah, I think that was a link yeah, going away party. Definitely, yeah. You were definitely there. Yeah, I had platinum blonde hair, and everyone asked me why I did that because Alex had just been with a blonde. <laughs> like, was I, like, you know, trying to resemble her? No, I wasn't, but I wanted to be a blonde at some point before I was 30, like a platinum blonde. And I was uh -huh. like, I'm going to regret not doing this. So I just did it so I could get it out of the way. It was for me. It wasn't for any of you who shit talked. Did you like it? No. No. <laughs> so just the one time? One time. Yeah, I've done that. I didn't like it either. <laughs> At least I can say I did it. And and I, I've seen that photo pop up a couple times. Mm -hmm. And it's cute. I think Tim and Aaron Harrell had their first date at the Rue. Probably a lot more than you even realize mm -hmm. couples that have yeah. met. Because that's like, that's like the spot. It's like a community hub. Yeah. People go there and hang out. It's getting really cold in here. Are you cold? Oh, I'm fine. Okay. But yeah, the Rue's a cool place. I remember when it was Nick's West. Mm-hmm. I never actually went in there, but I would get food from there. A lot of people ask whatever happened to the dollar bills on the roof. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm, I think there used to be some dollar bills up there, and just so everyone knows, they got donated to the Humane Society. What do you mean on the roof? <laughs> Ceiling. Oh. <laughs> Me and my words. Well, that's pretty damn close. It's like the bottom half of the same thing. <laughs> but so they were like embedded in the ceiling somehow. What do you... I don't know. They got stuck up there somehow. Like, I'm totally lost on this. Oh, really? Thing. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Huh. Like, stuck there. Somebody threw them up there. Yeah, like, I think people stuck dollar bills. Like, if you go into an old tavern, they have all the hats on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this yeah. one had dollar bills all over the ceiling. Okay. I don't know. That? Dollar, I dollar bills, y'all. Dollar, dollar bills. Another time that we donated the Humane Society was when we took, do you remember the Rue calendar? No. Oh, there was a Rue Girl calendar, and we were affiliated with Sandy's Guns and Ammo. Oh, I bought a gun from him. A lot. Most people have. Mm -hmm. And. Good gun. We, the Rue Girls, there were several of us who were holding guns, and we did a photo shoot. We turned in, turned it into a calendar. We sold it. We sold over like $2,000 worth, and we donated that to the Humane Society. Wow. And we had a small following of people who boycotted the Rue because we were promoting guns. And I think this is really when school shootings started getting a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. It upset quite a few people. It made a little roar. Really? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. But think of all that dog food we bought. Yeah. And also, who cares? <laughs> people that have problems with everything. It's we like, had fun. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't do anything wrong. It's like, Fuck them. Totally. They'll get over it. Yeah, plus I was looking good. I was like 21, just got back from Hawaii. I was real tan. I bet that was fun. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Do you still have one on the calendars? Somewhere deep down. Save that. Definitely, especially since the other. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Alex's ex is in there. We have pictures in there together. Oh, yeah. What's better? Yeah, you two are pretty tight. Yeah, we were. Do you ever talk to her anymore? 
Not much. She's actually moved away since then. But yeah, we we always stayed really cordial. She's a really nice person. She, yeah, yeah. If you know her, she is just so relaxed and mm-hmm. hard not to get along with. And so that was a very easy transition, I guess, for her and I in that sense. As to she wasn't the angry ex. Yeah. Yeah, she seems pretty pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and she's adorable, and I just, I love her. Our history is strange, because it's like, you ended up marrying my best friend, and his ex, who was your best friend back then, <laughs> went on to get with my current wife's ex and have a child. Mm-hmm. And it's just all very complicated. Yeah. But, yeah, it works. I think Wolfgang calls it at the peninsula like the recycler oh. or something like that. Well, there's just only so many people around. Exactly. Yeah. Like those couples with that couple. And, and that's another part of the Rue where it's like I've watched divorces and people get back together. And it's it's almost like my own reality TV show. Pretty much. Yeah. I really get a lot of intel, especially when I was working there full time and especially as a bartender. People think you're not listening, but... Like, yeah. I can hear you because you're drunk and loud. Yeah. <laughs> drunk, loud people are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a problem with tolerating that or you're fine with it? You're getting paid. You're just, like, doing your job. Yeah, and I think because the Rue closes rather early. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, I, and that was the whole point. A lot of people say, well, why do you close so early? Well, originally it was because the owners wanted to go home. And not worry about anything. They didn't want to worry about bar fights and stupid yeah. stuff like that happening. So it closed at a good time where you guys could come and get your pre pre funk pre funk on exactly. Do people still say pre funk? The kids using pre funk these days? Kids? We were pre funking back in my day. <laughs> yeah, we were <laughs> a little too hard. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then you go to the LBT or the lamplighter. Oh, RIP. Yeah. I don't think it's really that big of a loss. <laughs> the Lamplayer Diaries. But it definitely is. I mean, yeah, it is a loss because a lot of people did still go there, even though everyone complained about it. It was gross, but it was a place. It was a place that you needed to go to and make some bad decisions. Yeah. You need a place to go far. do that, right? And and where are kids 21, uh, you know, new 21-year-olds going to get that experience, that exposure? Across the river, I think, probably. That's dangerous because a lot of them are going to drink and drive. And now they have to make that great adventure all the way home, which I hope you don't. Go get a sober driver or get a taxi. or Slide on to Alex's DMs. She'll pick you up. I won't, but maybe someone else will. Yeah, you have friends. Call one of your own friends. I trust you. My phone's on silent until that alarm goes off. She might not have even brought it. (laughs) But we'll see. That's somewhere. Do, Do we have Uber around here or Lyft? I bet not. At one time or another, we did for a hot minute have one or the other, but I just don't think it was successful business. I bet drunk driving accidents have gone down noticeably since that. Since the lamp? Don't don't you think? No, I mean since Uber and Lyft. (laughs) I mean talking like countrywide. Yes. I bet there's a lot less. That was a major issue like before that was a thing. It's like, oh, getting home, dealing with getting home. How many nights did I stay at the lamplighter for an extra hour waiting for the taxi? Because we're all mm. trying to get home at the yeah. last call. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever taken the... Oh, no, I, yeah, I definitely have. 
I remember the driver knew Eddie by name. <laughs> he got it and he's like, oh, hey, Eddie, it's going home. Yep. Yeah, Eddie had a good rapport with them. The royal cab. <laughs> yeah. Do you still go out now that you're married? Do you plan on still having a social life? Or are you going to be like a boring married person? I feel like we are a pretty boring married couple in the sense that our home is our oasis and we don't really like leaving at all. It's so much better. Alex turns like me on to that. Yeah. yeah. It's wonderful. He's the first person I've been in a relationship with where I didn't want to go do things. Mm -hmm. out, like, I'd rather do things in our relationship than outside of it. So Alex and I, you know, he's cutting the wood and I'm stacking it. And That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good life. I keep, I just keep fe feel, feeling like, well, once you guys have kids, things will be different. But we'll see. It, it might not be. It might stay idyllic, but probably not. It gets a lot more chaotic. I get mixed emotions about kids. Sometimes I just think it's, I, I'm a little too selfish for it. If that changes. That's what I hear. Yeah, we're all selfish. Like, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't change. But you're, you just don't have that ability. The thing will die if you don't take care of it. And so you just take care of yeah. it. It's just. You know, people you say I look great for 31. I think that's because I get a lot of sleep. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does make a big difference. I don't have any gray hair. Oh, yeah. You, you don't even look 30. <laughs> Thanks. Kids will definitely put the gray hairs on you. I think so. Yeah. And in fact, before I start getting gray hairs, you notice how long my hair is. I want to donate it. So if anybody has really information on like who I should donate to. Get or... the scissors. <laughs> yeah, I really want to do something like that, you know? Yeah. I got a good head of hair. Yeah, it's really long. How long have you been growing it out? Hmm. I don't know. Years. Have you ever done a buzz cut? No. Don't do it. I'm not gonna. Well, you know, you never tried the blonde and then you went for it. So I'm just. Alex will be hysterical. He loves my long hair. Yeah. Long hair is nice. Yeah, it's rare because a lot of people don't have healthy enough hair to do it in the first place. Mm -hmm. They have breakage or a lot of people get too antsy. Like if something happens in life, one of the first things a girl wants to do is like, I got. I need a new haircut or I need to dye my hair. Like, I just need something. And they'll start there to kind of process what's going on. Totally. Boost the psychological change with a physical change. I do that. When I need a fresh start, I'll shave all my hair off. Mm -hmm. Body-wide. Mm -hmm. Just get rid of it. Start fresh. It always comes back. <laughs> I suppose so. First time I ever shaved my head, I was, <laughs> wasn't sure if it was or not going to come back. Like, I was a little kid. I think we had head lice. <laughs> And we, yeah, we sh shaved it off. And I got it at Disneyland. Oh, man. Gross. Sucks. You got stranger headlights. <laughs> yeah. Mine at least came from friends. But <laughs> no, uh, that's worse for girls in general anyway, because mm -hmm. you can't get a buzz cut. I already asked you. You'd have never had one. <laughs> the, ones in, the one and only. Like, Jeff Helton, I can't imagine his, like, I just have his buzzed hair in my memory bank. I don't know. What does his hair look like when it grows out? Curly. It's curly. Super curly. Gosh. Did he have kind of short hair in high school too? He's pretty much had the same haircut forever. Because I just don't remember this curly hair. He's grown it out a couple times like to where it's noticeably curly, but not much. Like I, I think about a year ago, actually, he had a mullet. 
throughout. It looked terrible, um, really bad. And everyone was talking shit about him behind his back. No one really told him to his face. <laughs> He's too scary, you know? He's, you don't want him. I would that. love to see him with curly hair. I'm just kidding, Jeff. He doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Not really. I'm always asking him questions like, did you listen to this episode? He He's like, no. No, he really does not listen to any of them. He'll listen to me talk about the podcast. Though. Yeah. Well, he's on the podcast all the time. He's okay to talk about the podcast, but he's not going <laughs> to sit there and listen to it. I love his vocabulary. Like, I just, I'm really astonished by how well he can put his thoughts. Yeah, he's, he's a good I obviously am not one of those people. I'm no, like, you're great. Right. Yeah, one thing I wanted to just cover real quick was this past weekend, Alex and I, went to his family's compound. We went to their shop, and they were ha hosting an Oktoberfest. That's right, Oktoberfest. Yeah. Big for the Germans. Yeah, yeah. We called it Mactoberfest. Perfect. How cute is that? Yeah, and so Oktoberfest is the world's largest folk festival taking place mid-September to the first Sunday in October. It's about 16 to 18 days. It's held in Munich, Germany. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. I'm real bad at my German. But the first Oktoberfest was in 1810 on October 12th in celebration of the marriage of the Crown Prince of Bavaria and Princess Ther Therese. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Nobody does. That's a little background knowledge. Yeah, there was a horse race, and then the next year, they had so much fun, they decided to hold another celebration, and it became this big horse race thing and this drinking thing, and eventually, there were so many people there that they got rid of the horses just so they could put up more beer tents, and there's something like 7.5 million liters of beer drink there every year. And now it's just about the beer, not the horses. Yes. That's better. Horses are dangerous. And drinking is fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not dangerous. <laughs> no, it is actually. So Oktoberfest is big in Germany, and they have them all over the place, right? It's, yeah, they do. Did you wear the lederhosen? Is I that did. what it's called? I, I wore a dirndl. A dirndl. That is what women wear, and men wear the lederhosen. Alex looks pretty cute in a lederhosen. Oh, he looks cute in everything, but especially a lederhosen. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool that he's got that little bit of extra pizzazz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I've always been a little bit turned on to that. I also dated an Australian. Oh, wow. And went to Australia for two months. You went to Australia for two months? Yeah, when I was 19. Let's hear some stories about that. Okay, he was in a band. Anyhow, I met this band in Portland from Australia and just started hanging out with this guy. And eventually we started dating and I dropped everything I was doing and went to Australia for two months, even sold my car to get over there. Wow. <laughs> Spent every penny that I had, and it was awesome. He was a band member of Closure in Moscow. Hmm. Don't know if that's still a thing or not. I don't know, but we'll look it up. <clears throat> we didn't. But he was, he was cute. We'll play, we'll play some of their songs. We won't, unless we get I'm old. a sucker for an accent. Yeah, who isn't? <laughs> Especially, Aust well, I, I mean, I love the German accent, of course, but Australians, mm. they just sound so happy. There's some really beautiful languages that the, uh, even the accent is pretty, like French or, you know, mm. some other ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happened in Australia? What'd you do? My time in Australia was not that exciting because it was just a moment for him not to be touring. 
Oh, and you're so, on vacation. Like, yeah, he just wanted to be, you know, hanging out, doing boy things, uh, playing video games. Boxing kangaroos. <laughs> visiting his mom. and Eating scorpions. Stuff like that. I, 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 I saw some kangaroos. I never got to see a koala. I really want to go back. I don't know if you know this, but my celebrity crush is Robert Irwin. Steve Irwin's son? Uh-huh. He's a kid. I know. That's... But he's a 16-year-old kid now. That's that's pushing it. If I said I was uh, crushing <laughs> on a 16-year-old, I'd get canceled. <laughs> I would never act on it. I, he's he's my crush in that he's, like, going to grow up to be... When he is of legal age, he's going to be the best. Yeah, he'll be cool. He seems pretty cool. He is so cool. He's so well-rounded. I don't even know if crush is the right word. I admire him. I follow him. On... You're a fan. I am such a fan. Yeah. Also, he's really good at his job. Gosh, yeah. He's a great photographer. He's, you know, doing conservation just like his father was, following his footsteps. And Bindi, she's a great human being as well. The whole family is just... Who's Bindi? Bindi is his older sister, Steve Irwin's first child. Okay. Yeah. And have they, I mean, like, I don't follow the family. Do they have, like, any kind of a, a pledge to avenge the death of their father? Are they killing stingrays? What's going on there? No, they're doing quite the opposite. They want to save every single one of those suckers out there. Murderous. Murderous. They're stingrays. doing a lot of great work. Those things are fucking big. Enormous. Terrifying. With their cute little faces. Have you seen that? Yes. They it's look like bizarre. smileys. Yeah. Yeah. And they have those, like two little little feet mm-hmm. hanging down there. Super cool. Really weird. The scariest thing I saw in Australia was spiders. I mean, those are abundant and they're... Silent killer. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like spiders, don't go to Australia. Mm-hmm. As far as scorpions go, I have one regret from going to Thailand. And I was there for less than two weeks. I was there for like 10 days. I regret not eating scorpion on a stick. I, yeah, I've heard they're delicious. <laughs> Look the way. I'm not even joking. I really, I heard um, Like teriyaki, barbecue, they got spicy I'll, ones. Probably what it tasted like. And, and I really, really, if I could go back in time, I would have paid that person for a scorpion. Just for the experience? Yes. Do you generally eat bugs? No. It's a bug. That's why I asked. But I would eat. Creepy bug. I would eat bugs if I had to. Sure. Absolutely. You ever had a cricket? No. They're good. No, but on one of your shows, you talk about that. I think it was with Ross Carey about alone and afraid. Or Oh, yeah. Alone. Alone. Okay. Yeah. Naked and afraid. Naked it's and afraid. another show. But yeah. Alone. Those survival shows. I wonder mm-hmm. how Alex and I would do as a team. Probably decent. But I guess you don't get to bring someone, so. You did one time on alone. Oh. Along with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, one season or maybe even two, but it wasn't as good. Like, people last much longer. And are you naked on that one, too? If you want to be. Oh. It's optional. <laughs> but it's cold. They're in, like, the Arctic. So you like to sauna, right? I do, yeah. Yeah. But if I don't get to... We're talking about being naked, you know. Yeah. Mine's not place. nearly as hot as your guys' sauna, right? From what I understand. Mm-hmm. Don't you get it to, like, 200 degrees? Oh, yeah, it can get way past that. My preference is 170. Yeah, that sounds really That is my perfect range. 180, I like 180. At 190, and this has been talked about in Alex's episode. I already know what you're going to say. Go ahead. (laughs) 
burns my nips. Yeah, get the nip burns, <laughs> and you know it's too hot. I, it's my gauge, man. Yeah. If those are burning, I am uncomfortable. I have to either put a you know something like clothing on or my towel on, and I don't I don't want any of that. Yeah. I want to be free. Yeah, that's really really hot. Mm-hmm. If I mean to cook the nipples, that's that's a heat. <laughs> sensitive. It's the first first part that'll kind of get you. I can't get my sauna over 140. Oh, I can't get it over no. 135. It, but is that more of an an internal sweat, which is a better yes. sweat over so it's infrared? Correct. Yeah. So the air temperature in mine has never been over 140. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know how that translates to my internal temperature because that the way those infrared panels work is they send it right to you. They don't heat the air in between mm-hmm. you and the panel. They just directly heat you. So the air in the room is not that crazy hot, but you're still just like sweating profusely. Because of that effect, you're able to stay in longer. So you get more of a pronounced effect. Hmm. Have you heard of heat shock proteins? No. That's supposedly the benefit of doing those really hot treatments is that your body reacts as if it's a threat. So mm-hmm. it creates these proteins called heat shock proteins. And there's cold shock proteins too. And they're they're really good for your immune system and I don't even remember what they do exactly. Yeah, I know the while, the cold. We always do a cold shower in between. I mean, this mm-hmm. is icy, and that is my very favorite part. I don't know why. It must just be very natural, but you get under that, and you just feel revived. Yeah, you feel exhilarated. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Do you, uh, have you heard of Wim Hof? Oh, have I heard of Wim Hof? Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> Alex loves his breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. It's great. Have you actually done the full, like, two-minute hyperventilating then hold your breath thing? Yes, it's yes. bizarre. I and love it. I should do it more often. It's really hard to do. I, I don't do it often either. I've done it a couple times. but I think Alex does it quite often because I'll get on our television and it'll be the last thing he YouTubed. Mm. So yeah. I think he does. He practices before work quite often, actually. And I'm, I admire that, too. It really makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, like... The, it's powerful. Yeah, something about the the panic part, like when you're you know you're fully oxygenated, but you're not able to take a breath, or you're choosing not mm-hmm. to take breath, and then that just goes away if you don't breathe, is really uh, I don't know powerful. It's a powerful feeling because then after that you're like, holy shit, I could just hold my breath forever. Mm-hmm. It's like it's pretty crazy. I like doing breath holds. It's I've always enjoyed that. Like as a kid, I even used to do it. <laughs> it's fun. Just a free high. Okay, this is another random on my mind right now. Yeah. Have you ever thought of doing like a live podcast or like a meet and greet where you went to like the North Jetty and like you just had like Ooh. your Ram fans there and just kind of had some swag with you? Or That would be cool. I don't think I could do it. No. I mean, I could be there. I don't think I could plan it. Mm-hmm. And ask people to come. Yeah. Because then what if no one showed up? Then I'm just sitting there like a oh, jackass. Whatever. It's like a birthday party. We exactly. would all be there for you. Nobody came to my birthday party. <laughs> it was just last week you were here. <laughs> we were all there. Did I have a birthday party? No, but I was there on your birthday. Oh, yeah. I was at the wedding. Yeah. For a second. I was like, damn it. This joke would be better if I knew what I did on my birthday. Playing <laughs> in those drinks. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, so we were at a party on my birthday, and there was a lot of people there. <laughs> yeah, it was a good party. That's right. Uh, but no, back to that. I have a big, big hurdle when it comes to trying to sell myself, promote myself. I know. It's very difficult. Mostly just 
because who gives a shit? And if they do, that's great. But if nobody does, then I have to find out that way. I'm just like, oh no, too painful. Can't do that. So I just don't. But no, really, if I'm going to make this thing successful, I have to do stuff like that. And I want to, because if there actually are people who listen to the show, I want to meet them. Yeah. And, and, I, and I wish and hope that more and more people start listening to the show. I think the more that we know about each other in this community, the stronger we're going to be and the more accepting that we're going to be if we know a little bit about each other's past or goals or just just how we're thinking how we're thinking that's the cool part about this is like a lot of the guests and we talk about such random things but what i want to get across is that we all kind of think similarly and even if we're completely in disagreement on stuff if you can see how the person got to where they got how they drew the conclusions that they ended up with it's a lot easier to to meet in the middle or at least kind of try to understand each other if you're just seeing people as your enemy or even if it's just about political stuff nothing ever changes the divides just get bigger and bigger and it's not helpful but i don't know i like talking to people and if this is going to be a way to get to know people i'll keep doing it i like it you watch any good shows lately well i did watch squid game oh yeah okay so what the fuck is that i watched that right when it came out because the the trailer got me. I was like, okay. <laughs> what is it? I, I just keep seeing that. It's a Korean death game. Oh. So these people are in debt, massive debt. And so they have an option. You want to play this game. And of course they end up going because they want to win this pot of money. They obviously don't realize that this is going to be a fight to the death kind of thing. It opens up like with a really generic school game of red light, green light. And so when she says red light and you're still moving, pow, 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 this little machine kills the people moving. Oh. And so anyways, yeah, the games are all kind of set up like that where they're semi-harmless. Like tug of war is harmless unless you tug someone off a building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds intense. Or I should say a ledge. Yeah. Yeah, it is intense. And it was just something that was more unique on Netflix than any other show I had seen. That seems to be what's making waves lately. Yeah. yeah that show Parasite, the movie Parasite. That I was like, watched Parasite, yeah. I never actually saw that one either. I watched Game that one on accident. I was telling Robin Unruh this. She was telling me about how this is actually like a well-known movie, got awards and stuff. I think it won an Oscar. Yeah, and I had told her, I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, I did see that movie. Not knowing it had won awards. And I'm like, it was in the comedy section of Netflix, and I pushed it. And it ended up being subtitles, and I got sucked in. I watched this whole movie. I, I read this whole movie, which yeah. is not my thing, but I did. I, I did it, and it, I was like, it's more of a horror movie than anything. That was a very serious movie. Yeah, it seems like it. Wow, that was emotionally triggering. So it wasn't a comedy? Is I, it Korean? I believe it is, and I don't know. I, I, don't, I guess it could, some parts of it comedic, some parts of it tragic. Maybe just cultural difference. Maybe they find tragic things funnier. Perhaps. I don't know. but <laughs> Intense. I suggest really? you watch it. I'll though. check it out. It's another different one. It's hard to Didn't find movies that I can watch that are actually entertaining that kids can walk around yeah. my room with. Like I said, kids ruin everything. <laughs> I watched Midnight Mass. I don't know. Two thumbs down. What's that? It was a vampire show. Mm. 
And I just did not find it original. And the reason I watched the whole first season was because it was one of those, is this ever going to get better? It has to get better. Yeah. It's like number two on Netflix right now. Like if so many people are watching it, it must be good. But it wasn't. It was so bad. Yeah. They're just never, they never turn around. No climax. You know, speaking of climax, you know what is really good? Gwyneth Paltrow's show, Sex, Love, and Goop, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Really good. And I've been watching it with Melissa the last couple of days. They take all these couples who have, they're not like having problems, but they're, for whatever reason, they want to reach out and talk to experts about improving their sex life. Mm-hmm. And then it follows them going to these experts and having the consultations and then all the way through like the exercises they do where they're like teaching them how to make each other come. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It shows a lot of like, it, it just approaches sex from an angle I haven't seen on a show before. I think that's awesome. I, I'm definitely going to check it out because I think that's so important. Sex yeah. is so important. And a lot of these couples are like in a situation where they've maybe never had really good sex because mm-hmm. they're just not communicating right or mm-hmm. they're thinking that something is taboo and they shouldn't mm-hmm. do it or like, there's so much shame and guilt involved with sexual. Right. Or there's just a lack of communication. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of people have a hard time taking constructive criticism. Yeah. And a lot of people are giving it. And a lot of people need that. If you're going to be in a relationship for a long time, this isn't a one night stand. Like, oh, who cares if I didn't get off? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) come on, be honest about what's going on down there and do that for yourself and your partner. And I think, Gwyneth is on to something. I think so, too. It's also really entertaining because yeah. it's well-produced and things yeah. like that. But She's gorgeous. You... <laughs> yeah. The takeaway from it, though, is really, like, talk to your partner. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let sex become this this elephant in the room because it's going to be an elephant in the room whether you're having sex or not. Like, mm-hmm. it's either going to be something that you can bring a lot of joy and can really enrich your relationship or it could be something that brings you down. Like, yeah. And kind of points out that you don't have that great of relationship. Yeah, if you're not looking forward to it, yeah, it, then what's up? Exactly. And also, it's like, if they're, if it isn't great now, it doesn't mean it can't be great later. Like, the couples in the show all improve just from having a little bit of advice. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't take much. Like golf. Yeah, you got to know how to do it. <laughs> you can't just expect to be good. Some people are, but we're not all Blake Kakula. <laughs> got anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I mean... I just love listening to your show, and I think I'm having fun doing this, but I really do like listening and critiquing, so. I love that you do that. <laughs> so I'm glad we got some content of me, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely a better listener than a podcaster, but. We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Maybe someone's going to find something I say useful or th- they like to hear. and I think this will be a great podcast. You're really great. Super. It's, it's not, it has been, it's flowed well. It's you know, great, and my voice you know? isn't bugging me as much as I thought it would. I told you. Yeah. Everybody thinks their voice is terrible just because it sounds so weird in your own head. Mm-hmm. And then, but everybody else is already used I to hearing I think the headphones you. help. Yeah. Yeah. They make me sound cool. I've had them on the whole time and I know a lot of people on your show who take them off. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is kind of weird. I'm going to take them off. I feel yeah. more comfortable that way. Cool. Each their own. Me? I want the full meal deal. I wanted the hot tea. Jeff made sure to get me some hot tea. tea. <laughs> I wanted the headphones. I got the headphones. I even got this beautiful light. What do you call this? A stage light? Ring light. 
a ring light. <laughs> Cody Chalker was really into the lights. <laughs> you, yeah? He, yeah, he brought him. He's another one who I had to have him do a comeback. I know, because of the dog thing. Yeah. <laughs> that poor guy. He brought his dog over to our house, and she had so much fun. It's a lovely dog. Oh, him. Yeah, him. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My bulldog and his dog go along famously. What kind of bulldog is it? He's an old English bulldog. Old English, like the 40s. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, they bred him to have a little bit of a longer leg and a little bit of a longer snout. That way they could breathe better and they're a bit more athletic. And I'll tell you, you think that bulldogs can't swim? That's because you didn't train them to swim, I think. Really? Our bulldog, the day we got him, boosh, right in the lake, sink or swim. And worked out? I had a lot of anxiety about it, but yeah, he, he swam back and now he can go out there and he can swim for a long time. Is that something people say that bulldogs can't swim? Yeah. Like thicker dogs like that. I mean, I've heard too. they can't breathe, but I didn't know they couldn't swim. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the English bulldogs can't, you know, but. I had a pit bull. It was a pit bull boxer mix and she loved swimming, but it was way harder for her than Daisy. So yeah. like when we like I used to throw not water food. dogs. No, super dense. She was a uh -huh. jacked, little jacked bitch. Totally. And um, yeah, she was really cool, sweet dog. Yeah, our dog's cool too. His name's Stogie. Mm -hmm. We got him from Tanya and Travis, the owners of the Lost Rue. They and the LBT now, right? And the LBT. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, have you been to the LBT since they picked it up? No. I went there for my bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a hoedown. We had so much fun. We went there after Ray and Allie's wedding. I think you missed that. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I everyone went. else went. You went out to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> we sure did. I was at home sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And I was good. You know, I was sober bartender, so I had a lot of fun going out and kicking back a little bit with everyone and reminiscing on what just happened. And I'm just excited to go back for something else now that they have it. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like they know what they're doing when it comes to running a business. Yeah. There was a lot of young people there, too. I was really surprised. Yeah. I was I was happy with the crowd. It wasn't a bunch of geezers. Yeah, that's what I remember when I think of the LBT. Yeah, it's it like, made me feel a little bit old, but that's good. I don't want to be 21 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I think that's a really healthy outlook if you can kind of just welcome every stage of life. Yeah, I was like, oh, look at you. Look at you. Karaoke. <laughs> oh, that karaoke going? Yes. Karaoke's so much fun. Yeah. I love karaoke. It's so good. I wish we would have had it at my wedding, but mm -hmm. we really enjoyed the live music. They stayed much longer than they were really? ever planned on. Yeah. Yeah, your wedding was really fun. Heck yeah. Well... Thank you so much for coming in twice. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, so thank you for coming back because I was, I was stressing about that. Yeah, I felt absolutely. like I just dropped the ball big time as a host. <laughs> I was like, damn it, I didn't have the tea ready. She even reminded me about the tea and I didn't get the tea. <laughs> it's like, oh, terrible. Well, it was a fun experience, Jeff. I had so much fun talking to you and I thought it was really fun having my husband there with me. That is a memory that we get to share and laugh about and, yeah. and maybe some of the content is salvageable, but I'm sure it's good. It's probably good. <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet, but I bet it's I bet it's actually good. Yeah, but we'll see what comes of this, and we'll hear it. I just want to remind everyone out there that you can always sign up for Be the Match yeah, and do it. Yeah, help people like Mitch out, and you can follow. What's the rural one again? 
Rethinking Rural. At Rethinking Madeline Rural. Dixon. Help Ma- Madeline, Madeline Dickers. Madeline. Uh, and her new name. Uh, Madeline Foggy Aggie. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's exactly what I said in this podcast. <laughs> We're like this. Yeah. Um, you stole my joke. You didn't even realize it. So, yeah, just that. I think more people should talk about your show. More people should listen to your show. Go out there. Tell someone about it. Help this guy out. Jeff's one in a million, and our community needs it. We should get to know each other and be kind and... And, and plus it's fun yeah <laughs> we're having a good time yeah well, listen to some quality content you're probably out there listening to some hocus pocus anyways probably true yeah probably true all right alex well let's wrap this thing up thank you so much and i'll see you guys next season bye bye say it Nobody take